So good. Well, I'm, uh, I'm Joshua, and I get to speak to you today, and that is always a huge honor. And so I'm going to jump right in, but I'm so glad that you're here today. It is definitely a whole different deal when the ladies are gone. I don't know if Jason, you know, explained why they're gone. It's not just that we all fought with our wives on the staff and then they left. It's that it's ladies' retreat this weekend, and they retreated. And yet somehow I feel like we're the ones that are retreating a little bit. But I also showed up with pants on, which is good. I feel like that's helpful. That's good. My daughter was a huge help. (laughs) She's still here. But let me start with some prayer. Father, thank you that we can be here. I want to ask that you would help with the process of communication today. It is such an honor to get to talk about your words that are given to us in Scripture and then to see your Holy Spirit work in each of our hearts, Lord. It's a mystery, and it's supernatural, and it's beautiful. And it's, it's, um, I don't want to take it lightly, Lord. I don't want to come up here and take lightly what it is that you do when we gather and listen to the Scriptures together. So would you help me to communicate well? And would you let these Scriptures come and by your Holy Spirit bring about the fruit that you want to bring in our lives? This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to talk to you today about uh, forgiveness. I'm going to talk to you about Matthew 18. So I'd like to start by just reading uh, uh, the scriptures here. Matthew 18, 21 through 35. And then Peter came to Jesus and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times or seven times 70 in most translations, which is more. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Quick little note here, 10,000 talents. A talent was worth about 20 years of day laborer's wages. So the math here is he owed him 10,000 20 years increments of wages. So just do the math right there, right? It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And it represents a lot of time to get there. But since he wasn't able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I'll pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. I kind of think that he, part of the pity that he took on him was this fool thought that he could actually pay him back. I think part of that was him being like, oh, you're so cute, you simple little guy. I'm just going to forgive the whole thing. So how is he going to pay that back? But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii. A denarius was the usual daily wage of a day laborer. So he owed him about 100 days labor significantly less. In fact, you could probably pay back 100 days labor, couldn't you? But he grabbed him and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged, and they went and they told their master everything that had happened. And then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. And this 
is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Strong language, isn't it? I mean, this is a strong message from Jesus. He's not pulling any punches. I want to give you a little bit of context here. Jesus is speaking to the apostles. He's speaking to the disciples, the ones who he's grooming to bring his kingdom and establish it on earth. So he's been training these guys. He's always telling them, guys, this is how the kingdom of heaven works. This is how the kingdom of heaven works. This is what I'm going to do, and this is what you're going to do. He's explaining to them how this all works. He's explaining to them what spirit they're of, and, and he's, given them, he's given them the behind-the-scenes goodness information of how to extend his heart and his father's kingdom. So Peter is the one who brought this up. Peter is listening to God, talking about how the kingdom works, and he's starting to understand, oh, forgiveness is a big deal in the kingdom. Okay, okay. And Peter decides, you know, to impress Jesus, I think. I think he decides, you know, he wants to be a little above and beyond, so he's like, hey, seven is the number of completion, you know, seven. I'm going to throw that out there. Hey, Jesus, how many times should I be forgiven then? Maybe up to seven times, Lord? Probably expecting a little attaboy, like, that's what I'm talking about, Peter. It's only three, but seven's even better, buddy. I like where your heart's at. No, no, no. He goes, no, Peter, seven times 70. Peter's like, what? you got to be kidding me. And then Jesus doesn't, he doesn't skip a beat. He tells this story to the disciples, sharing with them at the very end, and so will my heavenly Father do with you unless you forgive from the heart. Not just a cursory little, you know, like when your kids are fighting and you tell them, like, you need to say you're sorry. And they're like, I'm sorry. And the other kid's like, I forgive you. And you're like, well, you said the right words, you know, but I'm not sure that anything's happened from the heart yet. He's going, no, even more than that, I actually want you to forgive from your heart. And Peter and all the disciples are going, this is crazy talk, Jesus. This is like a whole new level. Now, Peter wasn't an ignoramus for assuming that it was only up to seven times. He actually knows something about the law and the prophets. He actually knows about the law. These are, these are God-fearing Jews. They are following the Judaic law, and in the law, it's, it tells you an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. They're, they're, it's, 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 it's actually already above and beyond that you're, I mean, you're going to forgive somebody, but you're going to forgive them after they work it off. Are you guys with me? So, so this isn't just that, I mean, we're, we have the advantage of being in the, in the new covenant, so we've grown up with it. Like when we met Jesus, it wasn't like we, most of us didn't come out of Judaism to become followers of Christ. Most of us came out of paganism to become followers of Christ. We were just cruising along doing our thing, and we've always known this. This was new for them. They're looking at it through the context of fulfilling the law, and Jesus is going, oh, I've got something that's even higher than the law. Oh, it'll fulfill the law, but it goes even further. And they're, they're, they're going, Poof. It goes even further. <laughs> it's even more than fulfilling the law. You see, he's, he's saying, I have come. You guys remember what Jesus said. He came and he said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill it. I came to fulfill it. He said, not one jot or tittle will be taken out of the law until it is fulfilled. And, and you guys know Christ fulfilled the law. But he not only fulfilled it, he went above and beyond it. Remember, he says things like this. You've heard it said, hate your enemy and love those that love you. But I'm telling you, love your enemy and pray for those who spitefully use you. They're going, what? What? See, Jesus came to fulfill the law. He didn't come to get rid of it. He fulfilled it, but then he goes even further. And that's what these guys are grappling with. They're going, you're going to go even further than this? 
So this is the context that this is being, being asked in. Now let me talk a minute about the law because do you guys know that the law is actually not a, it's, it's not actually a wicked thing? Did you guys know that? It's not. It's not. You know, the law was actually given to us as the, as the policy manual on loving your neighbor. It's the policy manual on loving God and loving your neighbor. Treating them like you would want to be treated. Really, what you could call the law is, you could actually call it essentially fairness. The law is fairness. It is, it is, it's like this. You transgressed against me, so you owe me whatever it is that you did. It's that you owe me exactly what you took. You need to feel what I felt. You, you, you crossed me, and you need to feel what I felt when you crossed me. And, and according to the law, honestly, that actually, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? You need to pay what I paid. Like, when you did that thing that you did, it cost me this, and you need to pay that back. That's not necessarily a bad thing, guys, is it? It's not. It's just fairness. It's just fairness. It's saying, you know, you, you poked my eye out. Well, bummer for you, but I'm going to go ahead and poke your eye out. Unfortunately, you can see there's kind of a flaw here. I mean, not, not like, just with mistakes, it's a bummer. It's like, I accidentally poked your eye out. Well, I'm going to accidentally poke your eye out. And we'll both have this accident, and it'll be fair. See, on the surface, this actually seems right. It, if, if, it, it does. It, on the surface, it seems right, but here's the problem. Sin. Sin is a problem. We have sin in this world. And so, unfortunately for us, fairness isn't going to get us very far very quickly, right? An eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. You guys have heard that. So, so fairness by itself, because of sin, becomes destructive for every one of us. There actually isn't redemption and fairness for us. In fact, all of us are guilty of sinning in one way or another. Not only against each other, but against God. In fact, the scripture says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. How does that work out? Well, let me put it to you like this. God gave us perfect love, and he is perfect love. And out of his perfect love, he gave us life and perfect love. And we owe him perfect love. Is he getting what you owe him? No. <laughs> no, he's really not. We don't deliver back to him what we owe him, do we? I'm not talking about necessarily sins of commission here. I'm talking about sins of omission. To those that know what to do and do not do it, to them it is sin. Isn't it fair to say that we owe God perfect love since he gave us perfect love? Shouldn't we at least reciprocate what he gave us? Everything we have came from him. So at very least, we owe him something, and we haven't given him what we owe him. And by extension, we owe each other a whole lot of stuff along the way too, don't we? So if we're looking for fairness as the way to create peace on earth, as the way to create righteousness on earth, there are some inherent flaws with fairness as a redemptive part of life. Now, it's a fantastic tutor. You guys know in the scripture it says that the law is our tutor until Christ came. So it speaks to us to say, hey, look, here's the policy manual on how you make sure not to cross your neighbor. And you look at that and you go, wow, that actually makes a lot of sense. And it also says, here's the policy manual on understanding that God is holy and he actually has a standard for what he would like from you in order to live out a life of perfect love. And here's what it looks like. And here's what it looks like when you cross that. And you go, oh, that's helpful. Now I know what that looks like. Unfortunately, every one of us 
crosses the line, and now suddenly we're like this guy with the 10,000 talents, and we're going, oh no, like there are so many things I can never pay back. You've only got two eyes. What if you poked out three? Right? So fairness on its surface seems good, but it's not redemptive. It doesn't get us where we can actually bring redemption. So if I'm going to endeavor to be saved by fairness, then I have to keep the whole law. You guys know in Galatians it says this, if you would be whoever decides that they're going to fulfill the law, if they're going to keep the law as their way of salvation, then they are now obligated to keep the whole law. At that point he's saying like, because some of them were getting circumcised, and he's like, if you're going to get circumcised, you got to keep it all. Like now you got to go do it all. You got to keep the Sabbath, start, get your little dilly bobbers to grow out. Like you got to do all of it. All of it. And he's going, and, it's, and nobody could do it. Nobody could do it. So if you're going to try to do that, you're actually rejecting Christ, who was the only one that could do it. So, so don't think that you can like suddenly go, no, I got this. If you just give me the rule book, I'll follow the rules, and that'll do it. He's going, no, it won't. Because when you do that, what you're, what you're actually saying is, I want what's fair, and I'm pretty sure I can pull it off, and I'm rejecting what Christ did. I'm rejecting the fact is he was the only one that ever pulled it off. Do you guys see that? So, so it's, I, I just I want to say this. First of all, I want to affirm in all of us that desire for justice is God-given. So you shouldn't feel bad that your first instinct is, I do want things to be just. I want them to be fair. I want things to work out so everybody's happy. That's God-given. But if you're going to seek fairness as the vehicle to get you there, It doesn't have the power to get you there. In fact, all it can do is bring death. Death of the relationship, a whole bunch of eyes poked out, hands cut off, a bunch of people killing each other's cows. Just go read the Old Testament. Right? So so the point here is, I'm I'm not saying how dumb we are for wanting on its surface fairness. I'm saying it doesn't get us where we need to go. And Christ came not to say, boy, was that dumb, but to say, wow, no one can fulfill this. We're going to have to go with a higher law in order to bring actual reconciliation. Isn't that good? So Christ fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law, and then he brought a higher law. What is the the law um, summarized as? Love God with all of your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus comes and he says, I give you, I, I don't give you a new command, however, I give you a new command. Isn't that wild? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But what does he say? Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. But now, love your neighbor as I have loved them. That's the higher law. It fulfills the first part of the law, but it brings it even higher because now I love you like Christ loved you. Let's summarize how Christ loved us. It says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is love, not that we loved him, but that he loved us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's what it looks like to fulfill the law of love, that he came and said, I forgive you, before we even said, I'm sorry. He came and paid debts that we didn't even know we owed yet, before we even knew we owed them. Pretty amazing, isn't it? So when God is speaking to the apostles, he's telling them, this is what the kingdom looks like. This is where you all came in. You, beloved, are the guy with the 10,000 talents. You owe a debt you can never pay. You didn't. And, and some of you think you can pay it. That's in the story. 
just give me more time. I'll get it worked out. And he says, but no, you couldn't. And I, I took pity on you, and I forgave you. That's the message of the gospel. Isn't that beautiful? So now, suddenly, we are part of that kingdom. How many of you know you've been born again? And what have you been born again as? A son or a daughter, right? I love that scripture that Christ is the firstborn of many. What are we? We're the many. We're the many. We're these little Christs running around, right? It's beautiful. And as these little Christs, we are ministers of reconciliation. We're actually here, and through us, Christ is saying, be reconciled to the Father. Be reconciled to the, to the Father. Be reconciled to the Father. We're running around saying, you've already been forgiven before you even repented. What an amazing and marvelous message that we have. Now, think about this for a minute. It says, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he first loved us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What does that mean? It means the power of love, the first step of the power of love is the communication of extending forgiveness. Is that amazing? The communication that, that forgiveness has actually been extended to you. This is love, not that we first loved God, but that God first loved us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What does that mean? We are, have been forgiven in Christ, and the good news of the gospel is, hey, here's the great news. That debt that you owe, that stuff that you could never pay back, those things that you could never do, in Christ they've been done, and you have a destiny as a son or as a daughter. And you and I are carrying that same message right now. So the power of the gospel is spoken and is lived out through our ability to also forgive because Christ forgave. This is why Matthew 18 is so direct. This is why Jesus is so unapologetic about saying uh, in, in, the, in the, here we go, about saying this, in his anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured till he should pay back all he owed. And then he says, and this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from, or sister from your heart. Why is he saying that? He's saying because the entire gospel of the kingdom came to you through forgiveness. And you cannot deny other people the gospel of the kingdom in your relationships and be in the kingdom at the same time. It's a pretty big deal. In fact, it's a huge deal. You could almost go so far as to say that when we choose to not extend forgiveness, we're actually sharing an antichrist message because the Christ message is, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And an antichrist message might be, you know what? You hurt me and I refuse to forgive you until you pay me what you owe. Opposite of Christ message, are you getting that? It's pretty intense, isn't it? So why is this great news for you this morning? <laughs> well, let me tell you. Let me tell you why this is great news. This is great news because I think that for many of us, I, I wanted to slowly go through this explanation of something that I think most of you understand. And the reason why I'm bringing this through slowly is because I do believe that many of us have read this and we, we are, we're aware of the outcome of like, I need to get to the point where I can forgive people 
because Jesus says I have to. You know, it's kind of like, it's like the song, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know because the Bible told me so. It's like, I need to forgive other people because the Bible told me so. And that's true, and that's good. But I also believe that it's important for us in this to allow the value that is inherent in this message to resonate in our heart and our mind. The scripture says, love God with all of your strength, all of your heart, and all of your mind. I think a lot of us are trying to do in our strength this forgiveness thing, but we haven't engaged our heart and our mind, and so it's hard to do it. You're like, I don't, like, yeah, I forgive you because I have to, um, because, you know, God does it, but, but. It feels a little powerless. Has anybody experienced that? You're just kind of like trying to go through the motions? I mean, I know I have. I guess I'm passionate about it because I have. I'm like, golly, you know, really? Just how do I do that? Why would I do that? And, and what I want to convey to you today is that the invitation here is that we actually get to release the kingdom of heaven and the power of Christ into a situation by extending forgiveness. This is not a victim move. This is not a reaction move. This is actually a proactive move. This is a powerful choice where I say, regardless of what you do, regardless of what you've chosen, regardless of how you've affected our relationship, you can't affect my ability to love. You can't affect my ability and my choices to release heaven. You may be releasing something that's very destructive. And let me be clear about this in forgiveness, because we're getting into forgiveness, that I'm not talking about removing the natural consequences of what other people have done from the relationship. You know, that, that it, it, in other words, if somebody has done something and they need to go serve some jail time for it, they need to go serve some jail time for it. The fact that I forgave them doesn't mean they don't need to go to jail. If I'm in an abusive relationship or there's things going on where this is an unsafe situation, I'm not talking about, well, I forgive you, so now suddenly trust is rebuilt. It's like, no, forgiveness and trust are not the same thing. So that's not what I'm saying. That is not what I'm saying. It's vital that we let, people with, uh, we let people walk through the natural consequences that do come when trust and relationship are broken through destructive choices. That's part of the process for that person, okay? So I'm not saying to circumvent that. Is that, is that clear? That's important because we must forgive. And if we think that forgiveness means suddenly being like, oh, it's all good, it's all good, come on home, that's fine, no problem that, that your addiction has destroyed our family for 20 years, come back in the room, baby. No, 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 there's a, there's a process of rebuilding trust that has to happen, but here's the thing, if we think those are the same thing, many of us, for good reason, will reject forgiving that person because we think it means we're supposed to trust them now. And so we reject the whole thing. And then what happens? We, we don't forgive because we're confused about what it means and we accidentally end up trapped and being handed over to the torturers till we pay every last cent because we didn't forgive because we thought forgiveness meant trust. Are you guys with me? And this is, in, in one of my larger stories of forgiveness, uh, that was the biggest, that was my biggest obstacle. It was like, I can't forgive this person because if I forgive this person and I relate with them like they're worthy of honor and respect, then I'm endorsing their choices. This wasn't an abusive relationship. This was someone who had done me wrong. And I'm like, if I relate to you as though you're valuable, as though God loves you, and as though I love you, you're going to think I'm okay with all the really stupid stuff you're continuing to do. And then, and then, and then how are you going to learn? In other words, unless you pay me what you owe me, I'm not allowed to forgive you. Are you guys seeing this? And suddenly the Lord begins to show me, no, 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 no. You can forgive, that doesn't mean that person's now trustworthy. It means you're set free. It means you're saying, I'm not going to require that you pay me what you owe me. 
You may still have to walk, and they do. They're still walking through it. They gotta walk through the consequences of their choices, but I love them. And you know what? Now I'm on their team. And trust isn't fully rebuilt. They're not fully trustworthy yet, but you know what? Now I'm their advocate. Now I'm like, Lord, help them. Help them make it through. Like, I hope they stick with it. I hope they make it all the way through the process that it's gonna take for them to be rebuilt. Are you guys seeing this? And I've forgiven them, and you know what happened for me? I'm free. I'm free. I'm not, I'm not holding my breath until that person does the right thing so that then I can do the right thing. I'm doing the right thing right now. I'm free right now, and I've set them free right now. And now I can bless them, but I can be separate from them. They don't hold me hostage anymore through my unforgiveness. So let me continue. We're ministers of reconciliation. Are you, are you seeing this, that forgiveness... There was a famous guy, I won't call him out by name because I also forgive him and I bless him in the name of Jesus. But he said, you know what? Christianity is a religion for losers. You guys might know who I'm talking about. A lot of people have said that. (laughs) Christianity is a a religion for losers. And his point was, because they're all like a bunch of broken, weak, crutch-needing, excuse-making you know, wanny wieners that are just like, life's hard and I need Jesus and so I'm just going to pray. And so it's like this, you know, this wimpy religion for like a bunch of misfits. The truth is it's a powerful religion for misfits that become sons and daughters and we get to make powerful choices. And the power, the, the thing I want you to understand is that when you forgive, it's a power move. It's not a surrender move, it's a power move. It's like, you chose death, I choose life. You chose greed, I choose life. You chose a curse, I choose life. No matter what you do, you can't make me choose something other than love. You don't have that kind of power. I got Christ in me. I'm a minister of reconciliation. So when no matter what you do, I have the power to release you and to bless you and to step back and continue in the blessing of the Lord. And I gotta tell you, there's a promise in it. When you and I release somebody through forgiveness, do you know what happens? We're partnering with the Holy Spirit. Do you know what the scripture says about the Holy Spirit? Jesus said, I will send the Holy Spirit and he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Whose job is it to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment? Holy Spirit. And you know what happens when you forgive somebody and bless them? Holy Spirit gets released on them to convict them, not just of sin, but of righteousness. Like, there's better things. Amen? So as these ministers of reconciliation, we get to choose. We get to, we get to make a powerful choice to release the kingdom of heaven. Let me give you a great example of this. It just happened recently, and I'm super excited about it. I have a nephew. His name's Christian. And uh, Christian gives me a call the other day. I was, in, uh, I was in Texas, actually, on my way into a rodeo. If you've ever been to a Texas rodeo, that is a whole thing right there. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Anyway, I'm on my way, and he says, you got time to talk? I said, for a few minutes. It's about to get loud. I'm going into a Texas rodeo. So anyway, he says, Joshua, I am so furious. I'm so furious. I'm freaking out. I don't even know what to do. He's in, he's, uh, he just turned 21, so um, he's young, you know, got a lot of zeal and passion. And he goes, I was on the job, and I parked my truck, and it got broken into. My mom just bought me these brand new Red Wing boots. And um, if you guys aren't familiar with Red Wings, they're the best. And, um, but they're like, you know, they started about 200 bucks and go up from there. So these really nice pair of boots. And he goes, my mom bought these for me. They got stolen. My, um, all my camping equipment that I had in there got stolen. 
and my, my amp and my subs got stolen. And he goes, and I just, I feel so flippin' violated. Like, I'm so mad. And the more I think about it, the madder I get. And he's like, I'm literally like, I can't calm down. I've been just freaking out for hours. And so I'm calling you because I literally don't even know what to do next. And I said, all right, man. Well, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I said, you're going to forgive those guys. And he's like, what? And I said, you are. You're going to forgive these guys, and you're going to pray that God would bless them. And he's like, huh? And I, so I explained to him what I'm explaining to you. I said, here's the deal. If you demand that these guys pay you what they owe you, you have to start paying God and everybody else what you owe them. And you can't afford it. You cannot afford it. But if you forgive them and you bless them, your daddy will bless you and he will repay everything that the enemy stole because no one gets in the way of your daddy's blessing over your life. No one has the power to do that. But you do, Christian, you do have the power to cut yourself off from your dad's blessing and to invite the torturers into your life if you don't forgive them. So you have a decision to make right now. And he's like, I mean, I actually, I felt a little bad about it. Like, oh man, he's like, just got his stuff stolen. And then his uncle's like, well, here's the deal. You better forgive him or the torturers are coming. But it's true. It's true. We're tempted with this. We're tempted to, to say, pay me what you owe me. And God's like, no, that's not the spirit that you're of. You see, here's the thing, guys. What, what we need to understand is this. In Christ... Catch this. In Christ, not only did God get paid what we owed through Christ to him, but in Christ, we got paid what we owed in Christ. See, he paid what I owed you, and he paid what you owe me. It's not just what was owed to God. It's what we all owe each other. You, I humiliated you, I'm a jerk face that you're not going to be able to even, like, I'm not repenting, okay? But somebody owes you justice that now they need to be humiliated. I want you to catch this. Christ was stripped naked in front of everyone. He was humiliated. I owe you a humiliation. There he is. I, I, I broke your heart. I owe you a broken heart. My heart needs to break to pay you back for your broken heart. His heart literally burst over what I did. There it is. You've been paid in full. Do you see that? It's not just that God's been paid in full. It's that every one of us has been paid in full. So when we don't forgive, what we're saying is, I reject Christ's payment that was actually paid to me, and I demand it from you. And when I do that, I open myself up then to be handed over, to be tortured until I pay everything I owe. Not only God, but all of you. Do you see that? He, the enemy has a legal right to require from me punishment, torture. What does it look like in our lives? It looks like anxiety. It looks like addictions. It looks like the inability to follow through. Like things when we're looking at, we're like, what is going on in my life right now? It was like everything was going good. And then about nine months ago, all of a sudden, that thing that I've had victory over for years is now knocking on my door. And I am not able to fight that. What is happening? Oftentimes what you're going to find is 
You made a decision somewhere to not forgive somebody. And you've been handed over to the enemy to be tortured until you pay every last cent. These, are, this isn't, these aren't my words. These are Jesus' words. Do you see that? Now, the minute that happens, we have a choice, by the way, guys, because God is not interested in you being handed over to the torturers. As soon as you change your mind, he's like, back it up, Satan. Back it up, army of darkness. That's my kid. They just made the right call. Get out of here. Okay? But only you get to decide that. Now, here's the beauty. I'm talking with Christian, giving him that, that message. And I said, now, here's the thing. They did take something from you. But Jesus has already paid you what he's owed, and no one can separate you from the blessing of your daddy. So when you bless them, when you forgive them and bless them like Jesus does, you're acting like a son. And then you say, Lord, now I'm looking forward to seeing about how you move in my life to repay what the enemy took. And so that's what we did. He goes, oh, okay, so how do, how do I do that? And I said, well, just list what they took from you, Speak out that you forgive them. Ask the Lord to bless them. And then ask the Lord to take care of you. And that's what he did. We did it on the phone. I said, all right, I love you, bye. <laughs> Went into the rodeo. A couple months later, I'm in Reading. This is just recently. We get there and he goes, oh, man, so, by the way, I forgot to tell you. He says, I got back and, um, and I was super bummed. And, of course, I told my mom the story about the boots getting stolen. And she happened to be at the Red Wing store. And she told the guy who she'd bought them for that it happened. He goes, oh, that won't do. And so he calls her up, or calls up his distribution thing, said, hey, I got this mom, blah, 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 blah. new pair of boots sent directly to his door. Then he tells his boss, man, I got robbed while I was there, da, 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 da. here's the list of, and the boss goes, what? And he goes, give me a list of everything that was stolen. He gives him a list of all the camping stuff that's stolen. He heads down to the store, gets them all top of the line, replaces every bit of his camping gear. Then he's telling the story of how those two things happened to some buddies of his, and he goes, you literally had everything given back? And he goes, well, there was one thing that not yet, but it's, I don't know if it's a big deal, but it was my amp and my subs. He goes, oh, like these? Yeah. See, nobody can get in between you and your father's blessing. See, Christ already paid what they owed you, and the father is the one that blesses you. So when you forgive, you release them from owing you. You accept what Christ did to pay it. And I want to say this, I, I said this in first service, I'm going to make it short, but I want you to understand that Christ actually wants you. It's okay for you to say, Lord, this is what happened to me. I need to know it matters, and I need to know that, some, that, 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 that justice was served. And it's okay for you to take that moment, I'm talking about between your heart, between your heart and that person. I'm not talking about trust, I already talked about that. But in the place of like, I need to know that this matters. I need to know that this is paid. I invite you to meditate on the thing that happened to Christ that you want this person to understand and pay you back for. They struck your face. His face was struck. They stole something from you. He had his life stolen from him. They, they, they did you wrong in a business deal. He got sold for 30 pieces of silver. You have a political party you're angry with. Well, the political parties of this day crucified him. You got a leader you're let down with. Well, Pilate washed his hands and put him to death. He has taken the payment for whatever people owe you. And he's saying, I don't want you to waste my pain. I paid this pain. I want you to meditate on it. What do you need? I did it. Who needs to pay you? I paid it. 
That's not to minimize, that's to say that's available for you. Meditate on it and then thank him. Thank you for paying me what they could never pay. Thank you for taking their punishment. And by the way, thank you for taking mine. So here's where we are. Here's where we are. Many of us right now are experiencing torment. You didn't realize it till today. You're like, oh, that's what's going on. I, I haven't had a drinking problem in 20 years. The last few times that I, I'm not saying this, but for <laughs> the last few times that I've drank, I, I, I'm over drinking. What is happening here? You know, I haven't, I haven't overeaten in however long. Now I can't close the stinking fridge. You know, I, I, I'm usually a really kind person. I'm yelling at everyone. What is happening? The question is, who do I need to forgive? Good job. That's such a nice fade. I didn't even expect it. It was perfect. Now I'm drawing attention to it. So in this moment, we need to ask, Lord, Holy Spirit, is there anyone that I need to forgive? As I was preparing this message, it was this morning, this morning, it's about 5.45 this morning, I was running through it again, getting ready to preach it. And as I was running through it again, the Lord just began to bring up to my mind four people that I needed to forgive. I didn't even realize until he brought it up. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is totally true. And you're, and it's, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and you're all here right now. I'm kidding. They're not, they're not. <laughs> I'm sorry, forgive me, Lord. Okay. <laughs> and he walked me through this and I realized that I had these things that I'm like, you owe me this. Two of them were secondary offenses and two of them were direct. But I didn't realize it, but I had started keeping score. And Holy Spirit just came and said, you need to forgive them. You need to forgive them. You need to set them free and you need to be set free from waiting around until they pay you. Let me let, accept the payment that I'm gonna pay you on their behalf and then open yourself up for the Father's blessing because the thing that you didn't get from them, I'm gonna make sure you get it. But I, that's the thing that you gotta catch here is Jesus is saying, I want you to get the Father's blessing. No one else can take that from you. It's just that that person probably can't give it to you. But, but my dad will give it to you. There's nothing that they broke that I can't fix. There's nothing that they hurt that I can't heal. There's nothing that's been stolen that I can't restore. But you can't demand it from them. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta release payment through the cross for them, payment through the cross for you, and then look for daddy's blessing. And Jesus is there going, and by the way, I understand because I have been where you've been. So you, you've got, you, you can't lose. Now, does that not inspire all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your strengths? So now with that, I'm gonna invite you, take some vertical time here and ask the Holy Spirit, is there anyone I need to forgive? And then I want you to take some time and whisper it unto the Lord by name. You speak out words of forgiveness to that person as he brings it and release them. Release them. What do they owe you? Be specific, Lord, I give you this. If you need to meditate on the cross of how Jesus has paid that on their behalf, that punishment that they owe you, that you wanna see have happened to them, he took it. Take that time. Ask God to bless them. Ask God to bless you and to restore to you whatever is owed. And then thank him for what he's done for you and for them. And then know that he's gonna bless you. I gotta tell you this morning as I walk through it, oh, I had no idea how much weight I was carrying. I feel like, I'm honestly, I feel like I got born again again. Holy Spirit, we invite you now to come and search us. We invite you now to come and show us the places and the people that we need to forgive. Thank you for the cross.